1: Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Disney Brit Podcast for Wednesday the 25th of March. And joining me as always is Juz. Hello Juz. Hello
2: Adam, hello Disney pop people. And bizarrely enough it is Wednesday.
1: It is actually Wednesday for a change. So you haven't actually got any jokes to make about that have you? No. Oh dear. And also, uh, well, Kez can't make it this week, Sadly, she's rehearsing for a- I
2: thought it was Kez
1: actually, to be honest with um, you, and I heard the voice. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it's not. Um, so we've... We've brought someone in specially for the occasion. Hi, Craig.
3: Hello, everybody. Oh, Hello, Frank Kez. Yeah. I hope the things are going well. Shut up, Jazz. I haven't finished. Um, it wasn't me, it
2: was Adam. <laughs> oh, damn. Let's start again. Shut up, Adam. I haven't finished. Hello, Jazz. You alright, mate? All right, mate. He missed you so much. Oh. When are you coming back? They said you only just went out for a cup of coffee. Yeah.
3: No, no, no. I'm, well, I've got stuck in the queue for a wee as well, so I'll be a little Under bit. Under the
2: stairs has never been the same.
1: <laughs> all right, enough for the man, love. Um, we've, it's romance. <laughs> it's bromance yeah. oh, it is. <laughs> I had to draw that in
3: Draw Something that it's was broke, quite funny Broke Bank Mountain was,
2: yeah. I've not had bromance are we not friends on Draw Something because I've started it and I've got basically just got my family really? I
1: didn't,
2: oh, you see I it, didn't I know, know you, you did it me and Craig are playing I, I oh uh, I'll add you Craig okay my high <laughs> <I'm at> 36 <laughs> is my highest score with somebody I'm at I'm 110 no way you got yeah. over 100 I thought it stopped at 100 no, the, new, the latest uh, update
1: changed uh, to
3: yeah. Oh, cool. But when I don't know the words, I just write them,
1: so I do cheat a bit. Yeah I, yeah, I did notice that one. Yeah, there's a couple oh, where you've cool, written, you've written them. You've just written Or yeah. if he can't do it, he gets his daughter to do it instead. Yeah, Alex does like doing it, actually, but then you get a full, you know,
3: rendered 25 minutes worth of picture.
1: You get, hi, this is Alex, and then she starts. Because <laughs> the latest version, you write comments to each other, don't you? Yeah, you can do I haven't seen that. I need to download that to my new. Yeah,
2: there's a little text box. You can just type in things.
1: Okay. (laughs) Anyway. uh, That's the end of this this week's Apple ads. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's the end of Apple ads. I'll do some Disney stuff. Uh, This week's show, we're going to talk to Craig a little bit about his uh, recent American adventure because, yes, he's been to America again. If you followed him on Twitter, you'll have noticed his four square things everywhere. Uh, We're also going to do some news and rumours about all the stuff that's been going on in Walt Disney World and around the world as well. And then. Uh, I don't want to apologise for bringing some more audio again this week, but um, Tony Baxter visited Disneyland Paris as part of the 20th anniversary celebrations and did a fantastic um, presentation all about the park and the history and all the stuff that he was involved in. So we've got the audio from that presentation as well to play you. It's well worth listening to. Um, and that's pretty much the show for this week. So um, Sounds like an Adam can't be bothered, doesn't it? He? He's just found it. Yeah, just... just oh, that there's an interview here. we we'll use that. Yeah, right? we we'll use that. Stick that in. That's fine. Um, Craig, you've just been to America again? I have just been to America again, yes. Have a two-week jaunt?
3: Two-week jaunt over Easter. Uh, weather was amazing over there. It really has been... Apparently, it's been lovely since February. Okay. So, it was... You know, they do it in old money, don't they? But it was kind of 80 to 85 every day. It was really, really nice. And you went to Legoland? Uh, no, I didn't go to Legoland. No. That but I did have nice. a very traditional American uh, Easter Sunday dinner with um, Jeff and Cheryl next door, so thank them again for that. And the traditional... Pardon? Was it just kangaroo? No, it wasn't kangaroo. No, they have um, really nice kind of boiled ham joints and cheese potatoes and these lovely kind of um, grape salad things. Oh, it was lovely. She's a very good cook anyway. But no, it was very nice to do that on Easter Sunday. And then had my in-laws with me. So we did uh, quite a bit of taking them around, seeing things. They went Gatorland. They went to Titanic. Uh, they did three of the four Disney
2: parks. It sounds like you're trying to get rid of your in-laws. Yeah, come to Gatorland, <laughs> yeah, no good. Put them on yeah. the Titanic. No,
3: still no, came good. out. Well, actually, it was weird because it's obviously it was obviously the anniversary of Titanic. So when we were there, there was a big um, Channel Thirteen news truck there trying to get my boat race on the telly, but it didn't work.
1: Right. right. Okay. That's. That... Okay. Fine. Did that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Epcot
3: Flower and Garden. I haven't been there before. Oh,
1: so you did Flower and Garden for Epcot the first before. One.
3: Hmm, I've never been there before. We go in the kind of Easter. It's always, I mean, it's really. for those of you that haven't been at Easter, don't. It's so busy. It's ridiculous. I think it's busier than Christmas. Um, it's just mad. So we don't normally do many parks in the Easter. We might go to Magic Kingdom or something after. But they wanted to go to Epcot, so we went there. Flowering the Garden, and I was really amazed. It's beautiful.
1: You took a fantastic photo, which had, I think, the Spaceship Earth, the flowers, and the monorail all in in one go. I did. Yeah, I was a bit
3: touchy like that. But um, yeah, no, that was really good. I'll sell that I can sign that and sell it.
1: Sign it and sell it, okay. It's as now you are a professional photographer.
2: Did His you... camera is absolutely
1: awesome. It is a really good
2: camera. I bet straight away Facebook
1: photos were brilliant.
2: I thought, how much is it? And he told me I thought, oh, forget it.
1: Yeah,
2: that's no, <laughs> but
3: well, it's, a I will... again. <laughs> it, it's something I've always wanted to have. So I, I treated myself and again, dollars of pounds, it was ridiculous. But what I will say, talking about as we are the Apple app. Um, podcast iPhoto is brilliant because you mm. just put them all in there, pick yes. which ones
1: you want, press uh, upload, create an album, and off they go to Facebook. Terrific. Indeed, very, very good. Was there anything else new that you saw this time other than Flower and Garden, or was it all
3: uh, Flower and Garden? Well, I had, we went to Magic Kingdom and I had a little wander around Fantasyland. I was expecting it to be, you know, massively open and loads of it, and it was horrid. It was like three little. Kind of corridored off sections with, mm. you know, builders board. Uh, one of the Dumbo's was working. The obviously the Barnstormer uh, was back up, uh, and they got the train station and a new toilet, and that was it.
1: So, story about circus for you was a bit of a letdown.
3: It was actually. I thought, you know, I, I see why they wanted to open bits of it, but why only open one Dumbo? Why not went they're both open and get them get them open in a bit of a fanfare? It's but it looked very nice. It's popular, I right know. Yeah but i mean the the barnstormer looks quite cool where they've put that and it's themed quite nice um I don't know if they've moved it or I, it's difficult to get your bearings as to where it was before in relation to Toontown. Um, I think it's been moved because it looks quite near to well the
1: Barnstormer, the entrance. No, yeah, the Barnstormer is in exactly the same place.
3: Oh well, it's it's you know it's interesting then how that how the park is so small when all the walls come down because it's very very close to the entrance. You know as you come off the castle and go into right. it, it's near enough right there. That uh, so that was that was quite interesting. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Blah, blah, blah. Lots of. Um, some Bobs we picked up picked up some stuff from I tell you what I have noticed actually that the character connections outlet stores the okay. Disney character connections
1: premium outlets
3: well they've got they, yeah they've got them in um, both of the actually they tell you, they've got them in all three of the outlet stores yeah so the premium outlets on Vineland Avenue, the premium outlets that used to be Prime outlets, that used to be Belts outlets on iDrive, yeah. that's got one. And there's also one at Lake Boona Vista factory stores. Um, avoid the one at Lake Bonavista Vista factory stores at the moment. But the other two, have, I think, I don't know if Disney has taken them over or whatever's happened to them, but they look like Disney stores now. They're just absolutely loaded with, you know, stuff. Uh, okay. Really, you know, Disney back, proper park bags, you know, the the employees have all got Disney badges on and must um, you know it just looks it just looks like a Disney store they had loads and loads of stuff in there you know loads of 40th stuff which was still fine for me I got some bits out of that mm. you know boxes loads of vinyl mations, three for ten dollars you got a gorgeous iPad cover from there didn't you I Got a really nice iPad cover, a leather iPad cover from there. Um, t shirts, jumpers, sweatshirts, cruise stuff. I could have got myself a lovely Disney Dream inaugural cruise polo shirt, that would have felt a bit of a fraud. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're really, really good, they're really good to go to. You know, if you, if you want to get your Disney stuff, um, and you know, the park stuff is a little bit out of reach because it is expensive. Mm. Um, go in there,
1: sounds good. I'm um, definitely character connections, one of those places I always. Sort of forget about going to while i'm over there but it's so much cheaper than it is in the parks obviously you know some of it's a little bit out of date but when you're looking at things like vinylmation and stuff like that they're selling you know vinylmation don't date just because they're an old series still doesn't mean just because you haven't got it you know you can't pick them up there and you can like trade that. them pick yeah exactly.
3: you know, three for ten bucks i mean that's what that's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah three for ten bucks is, is bargain right uh thank you craig that sounds right. uh
2: Okay, Goodbye, Craig. Yeah,
1: thanks again. Yeah, see you yeah. 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 Bye. Bye. He's going to stay. He's going to do the news with as well. So let's get on with some Disney Brit news and rumours. Good morning,
4: Sire.
0: Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away.
1: So, heading into the Magic Kingdom, and we're going over to Adventureland because a little friend has reappeared in the park again. Craig. Well, when you said a little orange bird, I thought
3: this was the only way, is Essex and one of them was on.
1: <laughs> Heavily tanned. Yeah well gel yeah shut up
3: um, so the little orange bird is returning to the magic kingdom you all know the little orange bird and it came back the florida product had mm. little orange bird up and the sunshine tree terrace and this, um, if you go over to disneybrick.com there's uh, pictures of the wonderful sunside tree terrace posters uh, merchandise and one of those mickey hats in a sunshine bird and that's about all you're getting the little bird is back why is it back they come on later on in the news to why it's back
1: it would be nice to have seen a meet and greet for him though you think? Yeah. I,
3: well, he's cuter than Duffy bit. I'll tell you, I'll go back to Duffy bit. Really funny, sorry to digress. Loads of Duffy.
1: I've had enough of Duffy.
2: Don't just gone. Dunks just left us. Duffy cut him off.
1: <laughs> it was. Duffy was there with a large, uh, a large, large size behind side him. And it's just taking him out, basically. I kind of, I kind of wish they had brought orange, uh, the orange bird back as a meet and greet because I think it'd be quite cool. And I know it's just for the nostalgics of us all and that sort of stuff, but you know, you've got Duffy there for the for the kids and stuff, so why not have the orange bird for everybody else? That would be quite. The orange bird's touch. But uh, is he though? I know he's not a Disney character. I know he's a yeah, an orange like citrus growers yeah, character. It's so
2: but... um, yeah. He's basically an eight bit dude. Let him go. He wasn't eight bit, was he? Was no, but it's 8-bit type character compared to
1: the characters we have now.
2: Yeah, but we've got Duffy. Duffy doesn't count because of Duffy I've always
1: hated. Oh, right, so you like the orange bird.
2: No, I don't, I don't like the orange bird. I see it pointless. It's just a marketing ploy.
1: Okay. I quite like the orange bird. I quite like him to stay. Uh, which means that you're probably not happy about the next bit of news, which is yours then. And that's the return of uh, something else nostalgic in the magic.
2: Well, no, because you can't say that because this is, this is this is close to my stomach. Um, so yeah literally yeah the original citrus swirl makes it an official comeback too uh, it's been gone for more than a quarter of a century but they found some old tubs at the back since they've been doing the fantastic <laughs> sand
1: upgrade they found and, them buried somewhere yeah I and
2: I thought oh we wonder where that gone um, so...
1: hello he's back now <laughs> there's a reason why I left
2: it's because my
3: internet connection thank you talk talk business you are rubbish
2: so are you going to say about Duffy
3: yeah, sorry. So uh, I digressed, didn't I? From the little orange
2: bird. You digressed? Was, no, you actually disconnected. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, there's
3: a difference. <laughs> both beginning with D. But well, the orange bird is cute and it's an original 1971 feature and I'm it's lovely and everyone likes it. Right. Duffy isn't. So we, we were in one of the character connections, I forget which one, and there was a complete whole front of the store was Duffy Bear. Duffy Bears everywhere, the Duffy Bear signage, everything. And we just kind of walked in. Kieran looks over, walks past it, goes, See, told you so, and walks off. <laughs> <laughs> which i just thought was brilliant i couldn't i convinced him to buy one just so that we could rip it apart home on video or something but
1: he wasn't having it So anyway a so cool. Duff-
2: duffy bears failed miserably
3: okay. it's official.
1: I
2: just say can i digress as well
1: yeah, yeah. it's uh, a digression thought, of a digression
2: yeah it was really bizarre uh, when craig was on away and i got a text going hey Joss, i'm in mouse gears and then we sort of started a complete tech shopping channel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> going, I did well, see what this. we got on the shelves? <laughs> We're going back in now. <laughs> that was
3: funny. And you asked for something, and I, I couldn't work out what it was. I said, I'll just email me a picture, and it appeared. And uh, Deb, there was three of them. Deb's found it for you, and we got it for you. So there you go.
2: Best thing ever, by the way, is that more? It's,
1: it's heavy, isn't it? Like, oh, is that Starboard, the puff Yeah. Mantengas say it. Say alejad- it. Por favor, mantenges alejado de las puertas. No, just change the last part. to a decaf. De las de- <laughs> por favor, So you go.
0: <laughs>
1: because yeah. it, it's it's insulated,
2: so it keeps the heat, but outside is cool. There you go. It's
1: just like the monorail. Like, yeah, the inside of the monorail is red hot, and you come outside, <laughs> it's not sore. so it, it works in the same sort of way. Maybe they made it from the same material. Anyway, we were on citrus swirl. Should we go back? <laughs>
3: Ah, well, you know, I was going to was... go say you're going on about citrus. Well, they never left. I don't know what you're going on about. They're just in the lower aisle.
1: What... Well, just they said that apparently they found some out the back that's still there when they dug up Fantasyland.
3: Yeah, I always have them. I have the orange and the vanilla, the citrus swell. I always have them from a the lower aisle. I've had them every time I've gone to Magic Kingdom for as many years as I can remember.
1: Richards, if you finish off your news story, you'll realize there's a slight difference.
2: No, it says on the news story here, Dunks is quite right. They've always been there. No, the news story <laughs> says there was a knockoff one at a lower aisle. But now Dunks has said it. I can't believe... I think he's spot on right. I think I think this is a lie, and the story is a lie.
1: Well, it's it's always been there. But they've gone back to the original recipe. Okay. That's How do you know? Well, that's apparently what they said. They've gone, well, I'll try. There,
2: so basically, back, it's anyway. always there, but now they said, let's make it a little more orangey, put, put more E numbers in it, And make it really hyper for kids like it was in the good old 70s.
1: I don't think it's kind of an attempt to try and tie something else in with the 40th, isn't it? By saying, look, this is the original one we had when the Orange Bird was here. and and I wonder if that's kind of what they've tried to do with it. And someone in marketing's gone, here's a good idea, let's try and tie this in. Well, who's done it? Give me names. I don't know, someone
3: in marketing but it's always been there that's what annoys me about those stories a lower has it they have that you can get you know the dull whip on its own you yeah. know it's pure pineapple you can have the dull whip swell which comes with vanilla or you can have a citrus swell which is the orange and I always have that because I
1: don't like pineapple we've gone back to the off shopping channel again haven't we yeah right. so yeah, I... you have to try it next time and compare it and see if it's the same okay oh so... it
2: before we went away
1: no yeah. I think it's only just changed oh I think it's only just changed I think that changed after Craig had been
2: when did, when did Craig come back Eighteenth of April. Yeah, this post- story was posted on the seventeenth. So could have sent me a message. But the whole thing's a scam.
1: <laughs> it's a one big scam. <laughs>
2: the whole of Disney is a big scammy scam. Oh, should yeah. we just
1: give up the show now? Okay.
2: Might as well just call it a day. Anyway, next week on the Apple App Podcast, Disney scam.
3: <laughs> I tell you what, I tried the um, Disney Parks app yeah um, when i was over there because when you get there i it was all right to be honest i got more better i got better information and this isn't because you know they sponsor the show i got better information off lines and in fact what i didn't realize that lines had actually no i don't know there's something quite good on the app but what i didn't realize lines had which was very very helpful when deciding where to eat it also now lists on the mobile app all the restaurant menus yeah which I didn't realise it did. But um, no, I tell you, the only thing it was good for was searching for restaurants. Uh-huh. So we went to, uh, we had a bit of a kind of change of plan. We went to Epcot one morning thinking we were going to get the monorail straight over to Magic Kingdom until uh-huh. we were told that we couldn't go into the Magic Kingdom because the tickets we had were cast member ones and they were blocked. So we stayed in Epcot, which completely messed up our dining arrangements for that day so I went on to the mobile magic app I thought I'll find somewhere bang let 1140 click had that thank you very much oh, two bucks later I was booked did you actually say that did so got bang yeah it went bang there's a big like Batman pow comes up you can pick pow bam job wham. done yeah it's so, a moose's head moose had the moose dessert it was lovely was it? very nice yeah, yes. from moose yeah moose poo moose poo because it's chocolate moose poo dessert mm. nice
1: Okay, let's move over to the Animal Kingdom and uh, talk about the Tree of Life because there's been a bit of an issue. Uh, it's tough to be a bug and the Tree of Life uh, had been closed because Disney construction crews were trying to determine what exactly had happened as a small branch had fallen from the tree. Uh, apparently, this branch was only around £5, so it wasn't anything huge, although if it hits you on the head, it's going to hurt. Uh, and they had to close down several of the attractions while they tried to work out what exactly was going on. They did post upon the uh, Disney Parks blog that's uh, a small branch around £5 pound have fallen to the ground away from guests and cast, and in an abundance of caution, I love that, an abundance <laughs> of caution, we are closing some experiences in the immediate vicinity of the Tree of Life as we uh, further inspect it and complete an, an necessary maintenance. This Is your dog re- in your room? Yes, it was the dog in the background. Or was it yeah. you? No, that was definitely the dog in the background. Okay. Um, what caused the branch to fall? We are still reviewing this, and I'm guessing gravity but yeah. uh, that's, they're reviewing the situation, and uh, the trail around the Tree of Life is temporarily closed. As was it's tough to be a bug, and there's no reopening date. So if you are heading over there, do check whether those things are still open uh, and that no more branches have fallen from the tree. Nothing really to discuss there, is there? I think there might be something to discuss with this next one, though, Craig.
3: What? Uh, oh, hold on, me isn't it? I forgot about how to do this. Right, Starbucks starbucks Star starbucks is coming to disney parks right so today which wasn't today because that was april the 25th is that today State today 20 it is today it is how about that well wow. anyway sure. we can officially can get an that bit
1: else, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> plans <laughs> to we'll just keep that in shall we yeah yeah we normally yeah. do <laughs> finished Sorry, yes, I finished.
3: Okay, right. Uh, Starbucks is coming to the <laughs> <Clutch> parks. <box. laughs> Thank you. Um it's come to all the theme parks at Disney World, uh, Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World. In June, the first six planned Starbucks locations are scheduled to open at Disney's California Adventure. And more locations are planned at Disneyland Park and Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Disney Studios and the Animal Kingdom. Now, the Starbucks locations inside the parks will be designed to fit the theme of their surroundings. All right. So, Disney California Park Starbucks will be located in the Fiddler, the fifa and the Practical Cafe on Buena Vista Street, a place where transport guests, the transports guests, back to the 1920s. Now, when Walt Disney arrived in California, a cup of coffee was the perfect way to jumpstart a busy day. Probably wasn't, was it?
2: No, it's also the fact that he, he smoked tons of yeah, cigarettes. So <laughs> <bags, laughs> yeah, Let's be honest, uh, he started
3: with a woodbine. So you
2: know, we're right? going back to the, to the healthy years of Walt Disney stuff. Yeah, the, the
3: tobacco <laughs> store there. Uh, it's good anyway. The cast going to serve Starbucks items, coffee, espresso beverages, frappuccinos, blended beverages, bloody, bloody blah blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're
2: frappuccinos, them.
3: Yeah, They Nice they are.
2: Now that's how they picked out the communists. Uh, yeah, I'd like Ex- a I
3: you know, Now we. I know these are in. Um, Universal already because I go in there and have a a great big frappuccino and a dollar cookie when I'm hot but I I don't know I I think if this wasn't so American people would be jumping up and down about it because Americans love their coffee Um, I just wonder where they're going to stop though you know when they're going to bring Cinnabon in and when they're going to bring you know Olive Garden in to do the food
1: (laughs) Cinnabon's not coming in I do find it strange how they've managed to get them in both Universal and Disney I kind of wondered whether they they've obviously not made a an exclusive agreement with universal
3: i don't know well there's a big one in the disney village marketplace isn't there in paris so yes, but that it's kind of content, near isn't it
1: so yeah
3: but uh, I, I, I mean you know fine if you if you like your coffee fine but then yeah a while ago when i was doing this show with you two there was this whole hoo-ha about disney making their own crisps or chips mm. and it seems like well then now you know why why they go to all that hassle of doing that and then now they go and get an outside coffee
1: company which is nothing new you know, them and their franchises they had McDonald's fries in the parks for years and that only just disappeared
3: Nestle coffee isn't it, that's what you still buy there but uh, I don't know, you know, the Americans love their coffee I mean they don't seem to function without it so probably they needed it but I would just like to see if they're going to do this then bring some decent people in to do you know, some of the decent food have, you know, Carabba's come in to run to, to Italia
2: or something
1: yeah, that'd be cool And See, the one person I'm thinking of here who's probably not going to like this is Juz.
2: Mm. No. Do you know what? Why? You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be in Orlando or California or Paris and go, I want a coffee. You know what? I'm just going to go out and and buy a Disney ticket because I know they've got a Starbucks. Yeah. You're not. It's not a poll. I just don't understand it. If I was in Disney and they have a shop which sold coffee and it was any kind of coffee and I wanted a coffee... I'd buy the coffee.
1: but I think it's fairly likely there's going to be a Starbucks in downtown Disney. I'd be amazed if there wasn't. Because that's the one thing I like about the one at Disneyland Paris is the fact that it is in downtown Disney... And, you know, if it's cold... And yeah, but I, it's, you're it's, in Disney. Yeah, I am in Disney, that's true. Exactly. It's not as though you're going to go for a Starbucks to Paris. Well, they say that. The coffee, they you know, they announced those new flavoured coffees and everything in Disney Studios in Paris. They were shocking. They were absolutely terrible because it was just literally, A, we've got the machine with the powdered milk and we just press the button and then we'll just <laughs> add a bit of syrup to it. It was vile. So the fact that they have actually got a Starbucks will make me go to Starbucks because I know I'm guaranteed decent coffee, whereas a lot of the other places I wasn't. And I'm, I'm a bit of a Starbucks fan, I must admit. So I suppose it would draw me to go to Starbucks if it was in the park. It's not going to make a difference. I'm not going to go, oh, I'll go to Disney because there's a Starbucks. But it might encourage people to buy more coffee because they know they can get something decent.
2: I know a franchise that has changed to star- from Starbucks to Costa Coffee, yeah? Yeah and i watched the engineer go to the machine make two adjustments on the machine and he said right that's now set up for costa <laughs> <Yeah, not laughs> surprise and that was the difference
5: I'm really and not i thought surprised. this
2: is a monk you know, I don't, I just, I think it's over, Starbucks is overpriced, they've got major financial issues because the closing store's all over the place, they're not the company they used to be, they're oversaturated and if you're into your coffee that much, just buy any coffee and I don't really care. No, it wouldn't, I do It wouldn't make any difference to me.
1: I do agree with you, but are you guaranteed, I know I'm going to get a good standard of coffee from Starbucks. And it's It's whereas... coffee!
2: But you still get some rubbish. No, no, because you're going to get coffee, and a lot of coffee is dependent on your water content. The water content's a bit bizarre at the best of times out there. Uh, French water's appalling anyway. You know, And what are you going to do? You're going to have to import the, the water from Italy like they do with the pizza, but it's just You know, I'll just <laughs> use some of coffee. it. Well, that's a, that's a cheap Starbucks. It's just, if I want a coffee, I'll go and buy a coffee. In fact, I would actually probably have a coffee at the hotel before i come out coffee's a coffee's a coffee and i like my coffee but i'm not going to get all excited starbucks here's my ten
1: dollars right dunks well, can you do uh, a bit no, of uh, what research on this one as well
3: well I can, I can i don't drink coffee but i tell you what i, I can tell you is that uh, apparently americans are moving towards going back to dunkin donuts you might want to check with nick because right. their their coffee apparently is america's favorite and it's only a dollar a cup exactly um, and a lot of people are now just going in there and buying their coffee from there.
2: But, uh, McDonald's now expanded
3: the range, haven't they? Of yeah, they do, and they it's do. cheap. Uh, uh, it is cheap. cheap. It is very expensive. Starbucks and the only thing you know, I kind of tend to have a rule which I do break with Starbucks is I don't go into places they've got in the UK. But um, you know, it's very hard to get a drink sometimes that's that's edible. So well, on
2: the flip side in, in the UK, completely diverse. I cannot understand why people go to town to sit on a sofa in a shopping centre and have a cup of coffee. I go to town to get shopping, go home, sit on my sofa with a cup of coffee and watch the telly. <laughs> what is the need to go out? It does me, Eddie.
1: <laughs> anyway, we'll leave Starbucks behind and we'll head to another of... And yeah, it doesn't matter, I've got my cup now. the coffee, stand clear off.: The Magic Memories and you is uh, once again going to another transformation. Transformers
2: will in disguise.
1: Is like you saying yeah. to try and get yourself organised?
2: No, 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 I'm trying to add out a story that's only four lines long. amazing, isn't you? Nighttime show. You know what, in that one title you said, you've taken the story. amazing, you might have is having a new summer version that will begin on May the 25th, um, which is slightly different. No, and, and you can actually go and see a sneak scene. Um, which is on com. then go there then go to the cinders where the cinderella's castle turns into a giant sandwich sorry sandcastle sandcastle
1: a sandwich as well that'd be quite
2: good we've discussed this before about the the possibilities of the laser systems and we we we, we talked to people you know on the show previously about what they've done that like european company's done with those yeah, awesome. national buildings by splitting them in half and crumbling them and we've said. This will always be the next stage where they can do massive transformations and great because I think in the future I think you 're going to have a building for a, a an attraction that will be a fake building, yeah because everything outside will be generated by these laser systems, and they could change literally overnight. Uh. In fact, that's don't even awesome. bother going. Just wear goggles, stay at home, get a uh, Starbucks delivered to your house at 45 quid, put the goggles on, there's the whole experience. And if you get someone <laughs> to walk that. around, just nudge you occasionally or hit you with a trolley, then we'll go over
1: with a buggy or something. Yeah, that'd work. That'd be good.
2: Uh, donks it, is a bit fun. <coughs> you, like the, you like the technology donks, don't you?
3: I love the technology. I think the technology is awesome. I think the show's is
1: naff, but I think yeah. the technology is awesome. Yeah, that's Do I think it's, it's going to be see. better
2: there?
3: Yeah, that, yeah it. it's can be better.
1: It can be better without people in it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Disney Dreams. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. <laughs> the, the reviews of Disney Dreams already are, are massive from people about that combination of water and laser and projection of fireworks and all that sort of stuff. should you
2: know would be really cool? If they had to somehow kind of project something onto the crowd that almost sort of kind of make them disappear, so if you looked, it looked like you were the only one
1: there. Oh, That'd yeah. be really hard to do, though, because you'd have to 3D map people stood still.
2: No, you'd know. I mean, in the sense that if you could hit the lasers on as, as a short projection, so it sort of hits and sort of gives the illusion of, or you just did it when I was on, on my own.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be the cheapest way. Just so there you go, it's empty.
2: Checking how much it costs. How much it costs if I was like filthy rich? If I was Bill Gates,
1: Yeah.
2: I presume I could go to Disney and say, me and That's my family, right, okay. any chance I'd like to see that, even after you close or whatever
1: on night would you do it for I wonder how much yeah. they're for me just to be stood there Oh, well,
2: they do open it for private yeah, parties they do don't private they
3: parties. Close it if, off in stuff.
1: fact I'm going to put this in now uh, Confessions of a Disney I can't what it is now on, on YouTube there's a brilliant video uh, of a guy who used to work in the parks uh, it's not for children some of it but um, it is fantastic I think it's Adventures of an Ex Disney Cast Member or something like that um, it's just genius you've got to watch it Is it naughty? It's not worth... uh, Confessions of a Disney employee, that's the one. It's just a guy who tells a couple of stories about being a Disney employee and um, he goes, like, animation that goes along with it. It's very funny. It's well worth seeing. And then there's, like, a Revenge part two as well. If you've not seen that, do check that out. Confessions of a Disney employee on YouTube. (gasps)
2: Look at this. Someone's just put that someone's selling a light-up Mickey for £50 on eBay. Good grief, that's crazy. It says Adam Goodgood.
1: (laughs) All right. yeah. <laughs> uh, are we finished with Magic Memories and You? Well,
2: you, you, it's three lines, and your title was My Three Lines. You sort of... You made well, me feel You worthless. managed to
1: fill it in very, very well. So well Sometimes you? I feel you.
2: <laughs> Let's over to you. you. never phone. <laughs> just dirty. <laughs> dirty,
1: dirty. Let's just head over to Hollywood Studios and Mamma Melrose.
2: Do
3: you know, I was just thinking about this... Uh, what uh, what food is available in every park apart from your American burgers and that sort of stuff? Italian, corn dogs. Italian, isn't it?
2: Mm.
3: It's the only. It's the only. No, not genre of food or whatever. You know, but that's the only one. So, uh, pff, I think, Via Napoli is the best. Tony's oh, yeah, is quite good, and then Mama Mel's Rose is always really my view, been like third choice. But yeah. now, there is a new chef. And she says her favourite spices are her three favourite spices in no particular order are garlic, garlic baby and spice. garlic. Posh baby spice. spice baby spice. <laughs> and five Old spice. spice. <laughs> Old spice. Oh, I didn't like it. Well anyway, she is chef Beatrice Candoleria. And she uh, used to be the chef at Cafe. You can buy French, French
2: and Italian in one name, then. <laughs> it's it's all sort of Mediterranean. Of Mediterranean. It's like the Felissimo right sort of area. <laughs>
1: it's close.
2: Yeah, all of that York Mediterranean.
3: Well, the jump, you know. It's all. It's all, all Western. It. Um, Cat May she used to be at Cat May Cafe at the Beach Club. Um, she's been cooking at Walt Disney World for over 15 years, so she'll be great doing a burger, uh, chicken fingers, and mac and cheese. But the new Mama Melrose seafood uh, dishes that she has created um, are supposed to be wonderful. Now, what she has done, looks really nice over at com is gnocchi, which is my favourite Italian dish, which is little pesto oh, d- and potato dumplings um, in pesto. That's really, really nice. You like a bit of um, I love a bit of gnocchi. Yeah. Um, gnocchi so nice it, it looks a bit kind of Disney Cruise Line, the way it's kind of, Laid out, it looks kind of a little bit posh the way it's all been put on a plate and plated up. Uh, A new wine list with beer and specialty cocktails um, make it an extra special spot according to Disney. If you probably if you can't get into 50s primetime or Brown Derby, then this is your third choice, isn't it? (laughs) Um, So it's one credit on the dining plan. Have a look if you haven't been there before. You know, if you fancy some Italiano, you can come. You can also have a fantastic meal package with it if you're so inclined to spend more money
2: there you go
1: I'm, I welcome this change because we ate there a couple of years ago and it was trash really Tr- didn't like it uh, I thought the food was terrible in there and I'm kind of pleased in a way that they've finally done something with it and they've taken it and they've uh, they've changed it around which is fantastic so I like that um, okay, that is all of our Disney uh, news. Well, I say all of our Disney news. It's all of our Walt Disney World news. There's one piece of news <clears throat> I want to share with you. And this is the piece of news of which uh, came to my attention today. And I can't work out whether I think this is awesome or whether it's just really quite strange. Um, the English National Opera are to stage a new production... Uh, entitled The Perfect American, which is all about, they call, the alarming and truly frightening life of Walt Disney. Now, there was a um, a novelist called Peter Stefan Junk, who wrote a book that was published in 2005, which was a fictionalised account of Disney's last days, seen through the eyes of a disgruntled ex-employee who hated his former boss. And all the way through this book, it looks that, at either. yeah. All the way through this book, it examines some of the sort of accusations that were put towards Disney over the years that he was alive. So the fact that he was a racist and a bully, he was a McCarthyist, he was an anti-Semite, and he took credit for the work of all of his employees. The fact that he claimed that he hoped to be cryogenically frozen and his body was hidden in Disneyland, and all these sort of things. We're
2: we talking about um, Walt Disney or Mel Gibson?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, a bit <laughs> of both. Um, and they've taken it. And Philip Glass, who is a well-known composer, slightly odd composer but well known, has created an opera based upon this perfect American. Now, the Walt Disney Company don't obviously allow them uh, unauthorised Sort of uh, licences of characters so they're having to use a more sinister interpretation of, sort of Mickey and Minnie and all those lot and John Barry the ENO's artistic director did say and Unprobable will create their own impressions of the Walt Disney World, uh, you will sort of recognise them and when asked whether it was going to appeal to children it said yes in a sort of nightmarish way <laughs> Um, which is going to be interesting. But uh, Christopher Purves, is going, who's a British baritone, he's going to play the role of Disney when it opens in June of next year. But it's also going to include some really surreal scenes. But it begins on the deathbed of Disney and then continues into a flashback where he has surreal encounters with... Abraham Lincoln and Andy Warhol and goodness knows what other surreal things he might even bring down. Yeah, because that happened, didn't it? Yeah, they might even bring down like a beef curtain in the middle, I don't know, like for the Mm. interval or something stupid like that, I don't know. Um, But they're going to do some really, really random things by the sounds of it. But it says, The story of the last days of Walt Disney, American icon and creator perhaps the most pervasive fantasy world on our planet is surprisingly gripping and at times disturbing. But on the face of it, how could it be anything else? The pulse of his life is to be the pulse of our own American culture And uh, like other aspects of life here, it is unimaginable, alarming, and truly frightening. So this comes out in June of 2013. It's going to be at the English National Opera's uh, home in London. And I'm kind of like, I I think I really want to see this. I've never been to see an opera, but this sounds really quite intriguing.
2: It it sounds... um... Like it's uh, is it is it British then? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, it's it's being sort of uh, co-produced with the English National Opera and Teatro Real in Madrid, who are going to well, have the world premiere in January. Um, so it it is a British company. Philip Glass is an American composer, but it's based obviously upon this book. Um, and are they getting arts grants from the,
2: the public to, to, to produce this trash? I don't know. <laughs> they probably are from the sort of lottery money and the and from our own public spending funds while we hit our second... Double recession. dip recession for a piece of tripe that will pamper. No, to I, I think the <laughs>
1: National Opera are self funding. I don't think they. I don't
2: think. I bet they are. No one's self funding. Who goes to opera enough to be self funding? Well, they have a lot of stuff that comes in into
1: their venue. Um, I kind of. I think I want to go and see this. I think this sounds really intriguing. I'm gonna. I think we're gonna contact them and find out what else we can find out details wise about this, and if we can get some more information. Um, because I, it just sounds very very intriguing. They only announced. Um, today that this was today or yesterday it was yesterday that this is coming um so i'm kind of intrigued as to what's going to happen if you do want to find out more about it if you go to the english national operas home page and on there there is a video that has announced all of their work for next year and there's some concept art and stuff like that for this particular opera on there as well so uh we will keep you updated on this interesting project if any more details come about if we find out anything more we'll let you know but i take it i'm going on my own boys am i yeah, I saw Jerry
3: Springer, the opera. That scarred me for life. Yeah, <laughs>
1: That's well, a little yeah. bit different, I think. Don't <laughs> I, knock
2: people.
1: I don't think you can quite put uh, the English National Opera and Jerry Springer, the opera, in the same category. I think that's just totally... All different.
3: opera. You do a search on opera, they both come up. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Uh, they come <laughs> up in the same in Google, but that's about... <laughs> Uh, right okay well there's all of our news and rumours you guys heard much about the 20th anniversary that's going on over at Disneyland Paris yeah
3: it's
1: it's 20 years old isn't it 20 years old good thing we've got some of the merchandise on the Disney Store UK website and there's been loads of videos and loads of things going online about everything that's happened there was a a brilliant one hour uh, almost like breakfast show style program on the actual 20th itself sadly all in french even though phil collins and tony baxter were on there it's a shame really it'd been fantastic if some of it had been in english uh which they did do for an hour on the day of the anniversary there's a new parade we've got new shows we've got new everything and we were really lucky that um tony baxter announced he was going to be doing a one hour uh, presentation in the videopolis theater and we were invited along and we were given a specially reserved seat to go and enjoy the show and hear what you he had to say. And we got the audio from that, which we're going to play for you in a second. But Before we do that, I thought we'd play a little bit of music for you because... Uh as always whenever disney do a new celebration you usually find there's a new bit of music and we have got loads of new music again this year as part of the 20th anniversary and we're going to play you the theme song to disneyland paris's 20th anniversary magic everywhere and then you'll hear tony baxter's uh, presentation from disneyland paris (laughs)
5: esse
4: Today, on our birthday. So today is our anniversary. This is the day where Disneyland Paris first opened officially to our guests. So that's why we're so thrilled to have you. Have you seen the flash mob? Yeah. How was it? Pretty impressive. Indeed. Alors le avril,
5: 1992, Euro Disney pour la fois c'est, uh, son parc ici en France. Aujourd'hui, 20 ans après, nous sommes ici pour célébrer 20 ans de magie et des millions millions de rêves qui sont devenus réalité pour tous les visiteurs qui sont venus euh, ici, d'Europe et du monde entier. Et c'est une occasion très spéciale parce qu'aujourd'hui nous avons avec nous l'ensemble de l'équipe globale ambassadeur Disney qui sont avec nous. On va les accueillir bien fort. Nous avons de Disneyland Resort Yokota!
4: Yeah. And from Hong Kong, Disneyland, Fionn Live!
5: We're very happy to have them with, with
4: us. But you all came here for a purpose, so let's not wait no longer and introduce a legend of Walt Disney Imagineering. Mr. Tony Baxter.
0: It's a very nice house. Oh, yeah, I like doing models. That's how I started here.
5: <laughs> Bienvenue, Tony. Alors, nous sommes ici pour partager un peu ton expérience uh, de la création de Disneyland Paris. We're here to share your experience in creating Disneyland Paris.
0: Fantastic.
5: And we have a few questions for you. Alors, oh, no, that's the de... hard part. Huh? <laughs> Alors, avant de parler de Disneyland Paris, uh, est-ce que tu pourrais nous en dire un peu plus sur Walt Disney Imagineering? Car beaucoup de personnes nous demandent, mais comment devient-on un Imagineer? So before focusing on Disneyland Paris, can you tell us something more about Walt Disney Imagineering? Many
0: people want to know how you become an, uh, uh, an Imagineer? Well, you know, Walt Disney began as an artist and animation was his art. And he surrounded himself with amazing people that created that art. And then as it developed and it became more sophisticated, there was a lot of engineering involved. Sound and color and multiplane cameras. And he built an engineering department. And I think the interesting thing about Imagineering, if you look at the word Imagineering, it's imagination, which is the arts, and it's engineering, which is the sciences and the technologies. And so we have a staff of over 1,000 people, 2,000 people, uh, all around the world. There's Imagineering in Switzerland, there's one here at, a, at Disneyland Paris, uh, Florida, and of course California in Tokyo. And uh, what we do is put artists together with uh, engineers. And then that result is all the amazing things that you see, that not only are fun to do, but they work. <laughs> At least most of the time. So, uh,
5: Tony said that, actually, Walt Disney, when he wanted to create his first park, he was interested by a series of artists who started to develop the first ideas for this park in Athens. Then, with the arrival of new technologies, engineers have joined the team, which is today the Walt Disney Imagineering. Euh, une équipe de plus de 1000, de 1000 personnes qu'on retrouve dans le monde entier, bien sûr dans tous les, les, les parcs Disney, aussi euh, même en Suisse. Et aujourd'hui, cette équipe est là pour réaliser tout ce que vous voyez dans nos parcs tous les jours. Donc, c'est grâce à eux que la magie prend vie dans nos parcs à <laughs> so, thème.
4: Uh, avant de prendre le rôle de producteur exécutif de en Paris. You've already done a lot of things chez Imagineering. Can you about the different projects you attached to? So before you took on the role of executive producer for Disneyland Paris, you already had a bit of Imagineering
0: background. Could you tell us about the great project you tackled? I got to play for a few years, you know, before uh, tackling this project. Um, probably a lot of you know and enjoy these attractions. The first was Big Thunder Mountain, which was designed. It was designed for Walt Disney World, but we built it first at Disneyland. But the best one of all is here in Paris. It goes under the river and back under the river on the end, and it is totally awesome. So then it was uh, we had star tours. One of my favorite uh, moments of my career, and we got to relive it again here in Disneyland Paris, was creating you know the wonderful trip into outer space, into uh, a, you know a galaxy far, far away with Jedi Knights and uh, all of that. <laughs> and uh, if you've been to our other parks, and I'm sure this will come here to, to Disneyland Paris in the future, uh, the new version is outstanding. So. Star Tours was a fantastic opportunity. And then, of course, that led to the the one that topped that, which is Indiana Jones, uh, the Disneyland version, which is um, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, and also we have the one here, which is Temple of uh, Harold, right? Uh, There's so many, I forget them, but again, wonderful experience. You just don't know what it's like to be sitting in a movie theater, seeing a movie like Indiana Jones back in 1980, when there was no technology to build it. And I looked at Skip Lang, who was my partner on that, and I said, wouldn't it be incredible if that was our movie? And we could do that, that attraction. So 10, 15 years later, to actually have that happen was amazing. Uh, so those are a few of the, and then there was Fantasyland, which pretty much we duplicated here. Uh, the Disneyland Fantasyland uh, looks very, very similar to Fantasyland here at Disneyland, except your castle is spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. Gonna, you're going to have to translate for half an hour. He's have to I will that.
4: try to translate. Donc, uh, parmi les nombreux projets sur lesquels Tony a eu l'occasion de travailler, on a eu bien sûr Big Thunder Mountain, qui à l'origine était prévu pour uh, Walt Disney World, mais qui a été construit d'abord à Disneyland Resort. Euh, ensuite, on a eu euh, Star Tours parmi les projets. Donc, il est apprécié de le refaire ici dans sa version d'origine. Peut-être qu'un jour, on aura la nouvelle version ici à Disneyland Paris aussi. Pour ceux qui n'ont pas eu l'occasion de le faire, c'est phénoménal. Et euh, après, parmi les autres projets, on a Indiana Jones Adventure pour euh, pour Disneyland Resort, une très très belle attraction. Et justement, il avait vu le film Indiana Jones. Au moment de sa sortie, dans les années 80, et c'était demandé, qu'est-ce que ça peut être que de raconter ces histoires Donc, pouvoir le faire 15 ans plus tard, c'était quelque chose d'assez
0: incroyable. Et uh, aussi, you didn't talk about Splash, Splash, girl. I didn't know. Any of you know about Song of the South, the movie? Yeah, okay. We did a ride in California. Yeah, they, I know. They know. <laughs> well, the song "Zip, Dee, Doo, Doo," you know, that's from that movie, uh, which not very many people get to see. <laughs> And uh, we made a fantastic attraction in both Disney. Well, actually, the best one is in Tokyo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there's very good ones in Walt Disney World and Disneyland in California.
4: Bien sûr aussi, tourist occupé de Splash Mountain, et on n'a pas parlé aussi de Fantasyland, comme il a été reconçu à Disneyland Resort, et euh, on a t- Fantasyland qui ressemble beaucoup à ça aujourd'hui à Disneyland Paris. Sauf que notre château est bien sûr euh, le meilleur, comme il l'a
5: dit. Alors Tony, on voulait savoir quand on t'a annoncé à l'époque que nous allions construire ce qui allait être appelé Euro Disney, et que tu étais en charge de ce projet, qu'est-ce que ça fait d'avoir une responsabilité euh, pareille? Alors, so when they announced that they were going to create what was at that time called Euro Disney, and that you were in charge of this project, how did you feel?
0: Well, it wasn't like a question of being in charge, because... You can never do this alone, you know, it was, I knew I had five friends, mon amis, that uh, were really, really steeped in everything that's special about Disney. We all grew up with Disneyland in California, and yes, (laughs) Uh, rode my bike there, paid $2 to get in, $2, yeah, and... uh, so we grew up with it. We knew what it was like to be a child at Disneyland. And you know, as, as good as all the people I worked with from Walt's era, uh, they were older. They were adults when they built Disneyland. They never experienced what it was like to be eight years old and go through the doors to a Magic Kingdom. So all of us knew how to make it right. So there was tremendous confidence. It wasn't like being in charge of something. It was more like, wow, we get one more chance to do this we know all the things that work at Disneyland, we know all the things that work at Walt Disney World, we know all the things that work in Tokyo. Let's make the most beautiful Disney park ever and I still believe it is. <laughs> you know, that being said, Disneyland is still the most charming. But Walt Disney World is the most spectacular. So there's a reason to go to all of the parks. You know, and Tokyo Disney Sea has Donc amazing. Amazing. Amazing.
5: So, Tony dit, uh, c'est, c'est pas vraiment une responsabilité que d'être en charge de ce projet. C'était vraiment un travail d'équipe. Uh, tous les, les cinq collègues qui ont collaboré sur ce projet avaient grandi avec Disneyland. À l'époque, ils payaient deux dollars pour entrer dans le parc. Ils ont tous grandi avec Disneyland. Ils connaissaient One Disneyland. Ils avaient vraiment une connaissance du produit. Alors que les premiers imaginaires qui ont créé les premiers parcs uh, à thème Disney n'avaient pas cette connaissance. Ils avaient construit à un uh, temps qu'adulte. Alors ici, on avait euh, des enfants qui avaient grandi avec cette idée euh, de cet endroit magique, et donc euh, leur but c'était de créer le plus beau parc Disney au monde. Et euh, Tony d'ailleurs, il pense que c'est toujours euh, le, le cas, même si Disneyland Resort reste le plus charmant, euh, Walt Disney World reste le plus spectaculaire. Et bien sûr, on pourrait parler de Tokyo Disney Sea, un autre parc Disney très impressionnant également.
0: Et I see my qu'il... friends, Bon Amis, uh, Jeff Burke, Frontierland, Tim Delaney. Discoveryland, Tom Morris, Fantasyland, Eddie Sado Main Street, and Chris Teats Adventureland. Chris is still working with us right now on the Princess Fantasy Fair for Disneyland. Yes, there he is. And for uh, let's see about Eddie Sado everyone else is is gone, you know.
5: <laughs> Tom Morris is
0: still here. Tom is still here,
5: yeah. <laughs> Vous avez vu la fenêtre euh, que vous connaissez certainement sur Main Street, qui rend hommage aux cinq directeurs artistiques euh, des, des parcs Disneyland. Et euh, justement, Chris travaille encore euh, pour Disney Imagineering et maintenant travaille sur un projet euh, à Fantasyland
4: sur le nouveau En parlant de la conception du parc, comment est-ce qu'on s'est adapté au, euh, au public européen qui n'était pas très familier avec les parcs Disney à l'époque? So how did you take an American concept? And adapt it to European audiences and uh, make it relevant for them, since they didn't have the Disney park experience before.
0: Well, it, you know, it started with a wonderful trip through Europe. We we started all the way up in England. We went through Denmark. Uh, you know, of course, Germany, and we visited not just amusement parks, but all the great sites that people travel to and aspire to see. And I would go to bookshops in small communities. So not in the center of tourists, but like what do people think about the rest of the world? What are the exciting things? You'd look at coffee table books and find out what, you know, what sells and what are people interested in. Out of that, it sort of began to direct the, the attention. So Frontierland was fairly easy. And I just realized this is gonna be three hours long and you're gonna to have to translate. Frontierland was easy. Because the French and the Europeans are very interested and intrigued about the American West. Shall I stop and we'll break it into? Thank you. <laughs> 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 Tout
4: a commencé en fait avec un voyage euh, qui les amenait en Europe, dans les grandes capitales européennes, sur les circuits touristiques habituels pour voir euh, tous les nombreux lieux euh, culturels français et européens aussi euh, un petit peu sur le côté en allant de, chez des petits bouquinistes des libraires regardez euh, différents livres d'inspiration qui euh, peuvent les aider aussi à récupérer des, des idées s'inspirer euh, quand il vient de différents landes frontières land ça reste quand même euh, quelque chose qui facine beaucoup les français les européens parce que c'est la culture le mythe de l'ouest euh, sauvage américain donc euh, là vraiment on a on retrouve tout ça euh, assez facilement avec et frontièrement.
0: Adventureland. Uh, there were a lot of theme parks that copied the original Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. In fact, one, I remember, had Viking boats going past the guys that were going up the pole with the rhinoceros, <laughs> you know, Vikings, I don't know. So we decided not to do that and we rethought Adventureland, which became more of an Arabian Nights fantasy because Babar the Elephant, various stories like Aladdin were very popular here in the same way that the fairy tales of uh, France and Germany were popular to the Americans, so there was a shift. For Adventureland, in fact, they decided to take another concept than the one that
4: was présent pour pour for this land, on we on a lot of Jungle Cruise attraction, which in all, all the different Adventureland. Here, we have to partir more on a concept of and 1 which uh, uh, transport a uh, lot more imaginary of uh, Europeans. So, it's for that the entrance is completely different and uh, racones d'autres histoires that have more sense for the uh, European culture. Européenne.
0: And sometimes things are very magical uh, for us. We decided pirates would be very exciting in the European culture, as they are in America. So, we built a whole island based on pirates of the Caribbean and strengthened the pirate ride by adding fighting pirates, as you see here. Um, which, of course, how did we know that 15 years later, of course, pirates were going to be a huge uh, franchise for the Disney Company? So it was fortuitous that we made that decision to make pirates a big part of Adventureland.
4: And bien sûr, Adventureland, on retrouve aussi toutes les histoires des pirates, et euh, c'est quelque chose qui fascine beaucoup euh, les Français. et les Français corsaires aussi, donc euh, forcément, ça fait partie de notre culture. Donc euh, c'est pour ça qu'on a développé toute cette partie-là avec Adventureland, Pirates des Caraïbes. And we see that 15 years later, he savait that Pierre Des Caribes deviendrait this grande franchise au cinéma. So, euh, là aussi we see that there's always interest for that.
0: The big question for you know, uh, the fantasy man was, of course, the castle. And I'm sure we'll have a question about that. But uh, there was a big attempt to move away from. California. I'm right? putting it in the wrong place. Yes. On the chin. Okay. Uh, Neuschwanstein, which is in Bavaria, and and you can see a lot of that in the Disneyland castle. Florida and and Tokyo have a lot, and so, excuse me, Hong Kong and Disneyland have a lot to do with Neuschwanstein. Florida and Tokyo have a lot to do with the Loire Valley and the castles down along right here, about a hundred miles away. So we decided to go much more to the fairy tales and the storybooks. And in particular, the artwork designed by Ivan Earl, a great Disney artist. And I I was greatly influenced by the unicorn tapestries, which if you have time, those of you who are touring, be sure and go to the Musée de Cluny in Paris to see them. They're, They're beautiful.
4: Pour le château, là il y avait vraiment une autre interprétation. Disneyland en Californie, euh, Hong Kong Disneyland s'inspire beaucoup du château de Neuschwanstein en Bavière. Euh, après pour le château de Cendrillon, euh, pour euh, Walt Disney World et euh, Tokyo Disney Resort, là on retrouve plus une influence de la vallée de la Loire avec les grands châteaux. Et ici on a voulu faire quelque chose de différent parce que ces châteaux ne sont pas si éloignés de nous. Donc euh, il a fallu faire quelque chose plus du, en termes de contes de fées. Uh, e une histoire différente avec notre château c'est beaucoup inspiré de, d'artistes qui ont aussi travaillé pour euh, pour Disney euh, notamment Eyvind Earle qui s'est occupé euh, qui est directeur artistique du film la Belle au bois dormant pour les studios Disney And euh, ensuite euh, on, aussi beaucoup les tapisseries du Moyen-Âge qui ont été un une très grande influence pour euh, le design du château et si vous avez l'occasion allez visiter euh, le musée de Cluny euh,
0: pour voir notre merveilleux
4: exemple de tapisserie du Moyen-Âge
0: And finally here we are in Discovery Land. Uh, Part of the contract that we signed uh, with the government in France was to develop an area based on celebrating European culture. And so when you look at Space Mountain, uh, that is directly from the Jules Verne story from Earth to Moon. Of course, the Nautilus is also Jules Verne. The uh, Orbitron out here could be from Leonardo da Vinci, but these are the type of visionaries that really inspired the whole world to go into space. To do the things of the future, and so we thought, what a natural fit that you know all the dreams that have been spun around the world really emanated from the European stories. So that's what Discovery, Land, Discovery Land is about.
4: And for Discoveryland, Land, euh, là on doit on, c'était the accord avec le gouvernement français où il fallait avoir un endroit qui célébrait la culture européenne. Donc ici on retrouve beaucoup d'influences européennes pour euh, pour Discovery Land avec les histoires de Jules Verne, que ce soit avec Space Mountain de la Terre à la Lune mission 2 euh, avec euh, le Nautilus qui est qui est juste à côté euh, et aussi euh, les histoires de HT Wells. Donc là on retrouvera plus cette atmosphère européenne pour découvrir.
0: I think I'll save Main Street for later if we talk about the hotel, remind me. Cuz that's my favorite mind.
4: Alors Tony, on a
5: déjà un peu parlé des cinq euh, directeurs artistiques qui ont créé les différents lands du parc Disneyland. Est-ce que tu pourrais nous en dire un peu plus sur votre collaboration We talked a bit about the creative designers of the five lands of the Disneyland Park. Can you tell us how you worked together to make this dream come
0: true? Well, as I said, we were close friends. Uh, Tom Morris, uh, who is in Fantasyland, came to me when he was in high school and he wanted to write a report on an Imagineer. And, you know, as he went through college, uh, he came on board and we worked together on many projects. And, And I think he was typical of what my relationship was with Jeff Burke and, and uh, Tim Delaney and everyone else, I knew their specialties. Tim is absolutely a genius at doing futuristic, imaginative art. Tom loves fairy tales. Uh, Chris loved adventures. And if you look at Jeff Burke, he is a cowboy.:
5: Oh <laughs> is. On a une relation, il y avait une relation très proche avec ces cinq directeurs artistiques qui ont créé les différents langues de notre parc. À savoir que Tom Maurice l'avait approché à l'époque où il faisait ses études, quand il voulait écrire un, un discours, une histoire sur un imaginaire pour ses ces études. C'est comme ça qu'ils se sont rencontrés. Et pour les autres directeurs artistiques, Tony était déjà en contact avec eux, bien évidemment. Et il savait que chez, chez chacun d'entre eux, il y avait une passion. Donc uh, Tom Emilia était uh, les comtes de Fees, team des artss futuristes. Monsieur Jeff Bert'est un peu en dans son style. donc uh, chacun de cesteursancien uh, fait pour réaliser les différents land du Black Disney.:
0: You always hear us talking about casting in the theme parks, uh, but I think the most important casting we do is in an imagineering, and each one of these people was absolutely perfect for the area they were doing. so. That made my job very easy.
5: <laughs> on pas souvent de du casting, du recrutement de nos cast members, mais c'est vrai qu'une mission très très importante, c'est de recruter les bons imaginaires pour réaliser euh, les différentes aventures de nos parcs. Et euh, Tony est persuadé que le recrutement de ces cinq directeurs artistiques était très réussi et ça lui a facilité la tâche pour réaliser notre parc.
4: So when it came to uh, building. This project. Did you encounter any uh, challenges uh, or problems that you might have to solve? Est-ce que tu as rencontré des challenges quand vous avez commencé ce projet ambitieux? You faced
0: treeshow, I
5: guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Freezing cold, and uh, it was so bad that we'd have to put up plastic and put heaters inside to keep the spray paint from turning to snow. Instead of, you know, landing on the rocks, so that was very challenging. Les températures si douces de la région, et notamment il a
4: fallu recouvrir, s'assurer qu'il y avait beaucoup de protection avec beaucoup de chauffage pour que pour éviter que la peinture qui qui était projetée sur sur les sur les murs ne se gèle avant d'avoir été mise sur le mur.
0: And uh, midway through the construction we had uh, partnered with a a, a English firm to manage the project and it was so difficult, so Disney and not normal uh, in a project that they would be used to like hospitals and hotels that we had to take the management of the project back and create our own staff right in the middle of construction. and I think that our management group at Imagineering did an incredible job of that switch over midway through the project.
4: There was an Equipe Anglaise, a société anglaise, qui s'occupait du, de the construction of the project, which was engaged by Walt Disney Imagineering. Seulement, in the middle chantier, this society, who was not habituée to this type of divertissement, to this type of construction, was un peu perdu. Uh, they had plus l'habitude de to construct hôpitaux, des bâtiments uh, utilitaires. And imagine construction. Ils ont créé une construction And
0: we had the same amount of uh, money as Tokyo did to build that park. And so the challenge for each of our designers was to find a way to get more of that money out in the area where the guests could enjoy it. And uh I think they did a fantastic job. Uh, in Tokyo, you'll find that the street is covered, and that cost a lot. We were able to put the arcades, and if you haven't walked through them, they're beautiful. Behind Main Street, they were a lot less money. And then, with the remainder, we put more beautiful details into Main Street, which you, is your very first area. Thank you. fonctionné they à
4: with près the same budget que for the construction of Tokyo Disney Resort. Euh, la différence, c'est que là, il fallait que l'argent investi se voie. Et euh, justement, c'était dans les infrastructures visibles par, par les visiteurs, les nombreux détails qu'on peut retrouver euh, dans, dans le parc Disneyland euh, à Tokyo Disney Resort. Vous avez cette grande galerie euh, qui couvre, mais qui couvre, voire euh, bazar. Donc euh, ici, on a des arcades qui sont sur les côtés, qui coûtaient moins cher à construire. And with the money we could spend on this project, everything was put in the details, the many details that decorate these walls. So, thank you.
5: So Tony, at the time, you also said that Disneyland Park was the most beautiful park Disney created. You reiterated it for a few moments. Why do you think about that? So, way back then, you said that the Disneyland Park was one of the most beautiful parks uh, in the world. You just repeated that a few minutes ago. Why?
0: Well, it's a combination of things. I think the, the, the climate, which can be harsh, also allows you to grow things that we can't grow in California or Florida. So as you walk through the park, especially right now in the springtime, it's spectacular. The landscaping is spectacular. Our forests, our hardwood forests in Frontierland uh, are more beautiful than California or uh, Florida, and it's the youngest forest. But it already looks uh, just spectacular. So. I think landscape has a big part about it. And then the, uh, uh, what I just shared with you about Main Street, that example, uh, we, we, everywhere in every land, we thought that way. So for instance, in California, the uh, Astrojets were up high in the air in Florida too. And we put them on the ground here, which gave us the extra money to do all the beautiful ornaments on it. So it became a very gorgeous sculpture. And so those kind of ways of thinking about the whole park were uh, very important to make it far more spectacular. Because we are right next to the most beautiful city in the world, Paris. So we had to live up to that.
5: Alors, encore une fois, le climat de la région n'étant pas toujours clément. Ceci dit, ça aura permis d'autres avantages, comme par exemple la végétation. Qui peut pousser des façons plus original par rapport au parc qu'on connaît aux États-Unis. Donc, ça rend euh, certains endroits de notre parc, comme Frontierland notamment, beaucoup plus intéressant, beaucoup plus euh, immersif pour l'expérience de nos visiteurs. Et comme on dit tout à l'heure, par rapport à Main Street USA, euh, il restait beaucoup d'argent pour euh, travailler sur le détail. Et c'est vraiment cette attention aux détails qui a fait la différence du parc Disneyland, car ils ont pu vraiment investir sur des décorations, des sculptures qui viennent adonner euh, euh, maintenant Main Street USA. And après tout, nous sommes à côté de la plus belle ville du monde, Paris,
4: donc il fallait que notre part soit quelque part plus spectaculaire que les autres. Aujourd'hui, tu t'occupes de Disneyland Park en Californie et justement, après avoir créé Disneyland Paris, qu'est-ce que ça fait de s'occuper du lieu où tout a commencé so, Today you are in charge of Disneyland Park in California and after having created Disneyland Park here in Paris how does it feel to go back to the one that
0: started all? Well, you know, I think, and I, I missed uh, talking about Hong Kong, but it shares a lot with Disneyland. Hong Kong and Disneyland in California are built the same and they both are, like I say, very charming. They're both, the, well, Disneyland is the only park that Walt Disney ever saw, which is amazing considering all that we've done and we still think of him. Uh, but I, I grew up with Disneyland, so it's my backyard. And uh, to get to play in your backyard is the best thing a kid could ever do. Yeah. You know? Alors
4: justement, uh, Disneyland en Californie, Disneyland en Hong Kong sont vraiment des parcs charmants. Et uh, revenir sur uh, sur Disneyland c'est comme revenir sur son terrain de jeu d'enfance, uh, puisqu'il a grandi en allant à Disneyland. Donc aujourd'hui, il en a la charge. Donc c'est quand même une opportunité fantastique. A short one. Yeah. <laughs> Alors Tony, nous n'avons plus de questions pour toi mais
5: cependant, nous avons eu beaucoup d'internautes qui souhaitaient te poser des questions et certains assessement dans la salle parmi nous. Donc nous allons laisser la parole à nos collègues ambassadeurs qui vont euh, un par un vous
4: poser ces questions que nous avons sélectionnées. We had questions uh, given out through uh, Facebook fans. Uh, so we have gathered some of these questions around and uh, we have selected a few and there will be uh, told by our Disney
0: ambassadors here, so folks. All right. I think I'll move down here yeah. then. Okay.
3: So, a Disney fan from Belgium, Alexander, asked, "Back in the 1960s, you had the opportunity to meet Walt Disney. Can you tell us about the experience?"
0: Okay, mm-hmm. I I was uh...
5: I'm going to translate if yes. anyone <laughs> is not this podcast, So, Alexander de Belgique posed the question. In the 1960s, you had been able to meet Walt Disney. Uh, que what do you think about
0: Walt? How about German? You need German. <laughs> uh, I forgot the question. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> back in the 60s. 60s? Yes, I did have the opportunity to meet Walt Disney. I was working at Disneyland as an ice cream vendor, scooping ice cream. And uh, Walt would come every Friday after work and he would stay in an apartment over the fire station on Main Street. And on Saturday morning, that was his fun time, he would get one of the cars on Main Street fired up and he would drive all around the park and he would visit various areas. And I never thought that he would come to a humble little ice cream stand, but the word went out that he was coming. And so we had to work very hard to clean the area up and uh, then I saw him moving towards me, and I had all these ideas I wanted to share with him. I was going to tell him all these things that we could do, and I wanted to be a part of it. And then I felt his hand on my shoulder, and he said, "Well, how are things going with you here?" And I said, "Just fine." <laughs> 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 this opportunity.
5: avait commencé comme casse dans <laughs> la restauration. Il de la glace dans Et Walt Disney avait l'habitude d'être dans son appartement à Disneyland, au-dessus de la caserne des pompiers, à l'intérieur du parc. Et le samedi, il aimait bien prendre un des véhicules de Main Street, faire le du parc, aller à la rencontre des, des visiteurs et des cast members. Et un jour, on savait que Walt Disney allait arriver, qu'il allait contrôler certains cast members. Donc, il était très content de le rencontrer. Il avait tellement de choses à partager avec lui, tellement d'idées à, à lui fournir. Et tout à coup, Walt Disney est arrivé, il lui a mis la main sur l'épaule, il lui a dit « Alors, comment vas-tu aujourd'hui Qu'est-ce qui se passe ?» And he just to respond,
0: My sister got to ride Small World with him though. Uh, she was younger, she was 12. And uh, when I would come to work, she would come in and I'd sign her in on my card. And uh, so she went, she saw him going to Small World and she said, can I ride it with you? He said, of course you can. She and her girlfriend, one on either side, went through. And then at the end he said, you want to go again? And they said, of course. <laughs> and he said, but you have to sing this time. You're going to have to sing. So they sang the song, and then he gave them a picture and an autograph and tickets. So she still has those to this day. I'm officially jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Me <have> too, actually.
5: Donc la sœur de Tony a pu rencontrer Walt Disney. Ils ont fait ensemble l'attraction It's a Small World. Donc il avait vu l'attraction. Il est demandé ce que je peux faire l'attraction avec vous. Bien sûr, Walt Disney accepted accepté. Il avait Brod, uh, sa sœur et une copine de sa sœur. Ils ont fait l'attraction une fois et à la fin Walt Disney a demandé vous voulez le refaire. Donc bien sûr hein, donc ils l'ont refait et Walt leur a dit par contre cette fois-ci il va falloir chanter la chanson dans l'attraction. Donc ils ont tous chanté la, la chanson et à la fin du tour, Walt Disney leur a remis une photo avec un autographe et des tickets pour le parc que d'ailleurs ils gardent toujours un
0: souvenir de Walt. One more. I had to work. You can say that. You had to work. At Disneyland scooping ice cream. My sister went to the big football game on New Year's Day and Walt was the grand marshal or the president that year of the bowl game. So she went down, she's 12 years old. She says, my brother had to work at Disneyland and couldn't come here to see the game today. So would you sign the program? So I have a signed program saying, Tony, I thank you for working at Disneyland, and I'm sorry you weren't here to see the football game today. Walt well, Disney.
5: Une fois <laughs> il y a une note sur sa sœur Walt Disney. Walt Disney invited to pour participer à un grand match de foot très important, et donc la sœur de Tony était présente. Tony n'a pas pu y aller parce qu'il devait travailler à Disneyland. Donc his sœur a approché Walt Disney en lui disant. My brother couldn't come because he was on Disneyland, so he worked. And so, Disney has got one of the et and signed signé saying, thank merci for working at Disneyland, excuse me if you pu not à because of your work. So we have another question? Here's the questions from Edgar Aguilera. Um, uh, what was the best part of creating a Disney park in Europe?
4: And how did you come up with the design of Sleeping Beauty Castle?
0: The best part was getting to come to Europe, And I took holidays every weekend to go visit, you know, uh, the Alsace region, uh, Germany, Mont Saint-Michel, London. Belgium, Holland, and it's all beautiful, and it's all so different. You know, each country has its own culture and its uh, charm. In terms of, oh, do
4: that one. Donc déjà la meilleure partie c'était de pouvoir voyager et d'être d'être en France et en Europe et de pouvoir partir pendant les week the explorer les différentes villes que ce soit Londres, Paris, les autres grandes capitales européennes, aller en Belgique.
0: The castle. The uh, I told a little bit about this. Uh, we were very concerned that if we replicated beautiful architecture it would be taken poorly. So we convinced management to redesign the castle from scratch. We made it a little bit smaller than Walt Disney World. It's not working. A little bit smaller than Walt Disney World but bigger than... Uh, Disneyland and and Hong Kong Um, and the most important thing I think was the shift in making it a fairy tale setting. In all of the other parks the castle is sitting flat on the same level as Main Street and we knew we we wanted to try and create that image of a romantic French or German fairy tale where the castle is up on a hillside and the prince goes riding up to the princess in the castle and dragons live underneath it. So those were the things that uh, kind of guided us. Ivan Earl, definitely the artist responsible for Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty. You can, be, you can see his influence in that. And, uh, and again, as I mentioned, the, the beautiful unicorn tapestries. There's also a book of the hours by the Duc de Berry. That is, I believe, up in Chantilly Castle, uh, and the pages from that book are were very inspirational. Ivan Earl in the beginning, so it looks French, but it's purely fairy tale. Alors, ça risquait d'être perçu en fait de
4: recréer de l'architecture de château existant. Donc c'est pour ça qu'ils sont partis sur un autre concept, quelque chose de plus romantique, inspiré des contes de fées euh, européens, surtout français et allemands Donc on a toujours cette image du chevalier qui arrive, euh, qui, qui monte la colline pour aller délivrer la princesse et euh, qui arrive au château. Donc euh, là on a voulu vraiment quelque chose comme ça, donc pas un château qui soit ras le sol comme c'est le cas dans les dans les autres parcs, quelque chose qui soit perché en haut d'une colline et euh, qui donne cette impression de grandeur. Donc le château est peut-être plus petit que celui euh, de Walt Disney World, mais quand même plus grand que celui de, de Disneyland et, euh, et Hong Kong. And justement, c'est toute cette inspiration that qui, euh, qui nous a versé, et aussi dans le, dans le design, il y a beaucoup d'inspiration inspiration, as a dit tout à l'heure de Earle, Earl, mais également the livre euh, Les Très Riches of du Duc de Berry qu'on peut retrouver at Château de Chantilly. And euh, là aussi, c'est vraiment une très grosse inspiration euh, d'après euh, les différentes peignures qui euh, qui decore ce livre. Zorro. Hi Tony,
0: this question is from Ellie on Facebook. According to you, what is the best example of the amazing attention to detail that went into the creation of this park? Disneyland Park. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to really. Uh, I love all the things inside the park, but the ca- the uh, Disneyland Hotel, was such a challenge for us, and there was no money to do it, and. Uh, we had to convince Michael Eisner um, to get rid of one of the hotels out in the village uh, and give us that funding to do this hotel. And everyone in the company said, people will be standing on the balconies in their underwear, they'll be hanging their clothes out to dry, they'll be bothered by the parades on Main Street. There were a million reasons why we shouldn't do it. And, uh, but both Frank and Michael agreed that it was a beautiful design and Eddie Sato uh, uh, worked very, very hard to incorporate that into Main Street. We shrunk the train station so that as you walk back down Main Street, the the hotel works as the uh, uh, icon at the end of the street in the same way that the train station does for our other parks. And uh, those of you from the Disneyana Club, we had a meeting up there. Isn't that amazing? Looking down the street, <laughs> and it was the hardest thing because it had never been done before. And now, of course, there's one in Tokyo, and we have the Grand Californian in California, and the Miracosta in Tokyo, and uh, it's become a Disney thing. Alors, c'est to choose un seul exemple, mais le plus pertinent, c'est certainement
5: le Disney hôtel. À l'époque, c'était un vrai défi pour pour tenir son équipe de de réaliser un hôtel à l'entrée du parc. Ils avaient dû convaincre Michael Eisner de retirer un hôtel de Disneyland pour le placer à l'entrée du parc et il fallait surtout trouver le, le financement pour, pour le construire. Et finalement, les inquiétudes étaient vraiment comment les guests allaient utiliser cet espace, est-ce qu'ils allaient pas sortir sur le volcan vêtus ou mettre leurs à sécher. C'était un peu les inquiétudes des, des directeurs artistiques. et finalement, l'idée avait vraiment cédé Michael et Frank. et donc ils ont réalisé ce cet hôtel. Et la technique utilisée aussi, c'était de abaisser légèrement la hauteur de la gare de chemin de fer, de façon que depuis le, l'hôtel, on puisse voir la perspective sur sur le château et sur Main Street USA. Et dans l'autre sens, depuis Main Street USA, le château, euh, enfin le, le, l'hôtel, deviner l'icône du parc quand on est en train de sortir, comme la gare du chemin de fer peut l'être sur d'autres parcs Disney. Euh, and it's a concept Disney the world, for example Tokyo Disney Resort or the Grand Californian in California.
0: And the reason we built the hotel is we study how people go to resorts and beautiful gardens and everything. And there's an, a a great appreciation in the European community for the sense of arrival. And at Disneyland and even World, it's kind of you're processed a lot before you get into the beauty of the parks. And uh, if you go to the Versailles or the Tuileries or you know uh, down along the Loire to Chinoso, Chambord, uh, it's a gorgeous experience of arriving. And I think it feels more like it's a gift to the people to come off of the RER trains and see the beauty of those gardens and the romance of the castle hotel uh, before you go in. It's, it's a very European approach to arriving somewhere so again that was we felt it was important to do it to be comfortable in this environment. Alors il y a lot of research of we culture, of a beaucoup de recherches that elle been done avant la
5: création de du parc on s'était aperçu que dans la culture européenne les visiteurs avaient bien être surpris dès l'arrivée sur une destination donc on a trouvé l'importance de placer l'hôtel à l'entrée du parc et ainsi avec la végétation qui décore notre fantasy gardens c'est vraiment ce qui fait la beauté de notre destination. Une fois sortis de la gare Eurostar, on peut déjà rentrer dans ce monde magique qui nous accueille avec la beauté des jardins et de l'hôtel qui devient de l'icône pour nous passer dans ce, dans ce est... yes,
0: Tony, how are you? Uh, so Nikolai Bestek
5: asks: Disneyland Paris is full of tributes and homages to the original Disneyland in Anaheim, like Hyrakalian and Skull Rock. They are, of course, very big and
4: obvious. What would you say is the most hidden or mostly overlooked tribute to the original Disneyland? Well, beaucoup Disneyland Gagnon Pirate ou Skull Rock. Mais parmi détails, better
0: get the people in the restaurants in Fantasyland ready for an <laughs> allergic um, at Notte Pizzeria in the patio outdoors, there's a broken China you know, pattern of, of, of mosaics in there. Uh, when we put in star tours in California, we had to demolish a portion of Mary Blair's murals. The majority of them are still there, but a portion of that was destroyed. And Tom Morris picked up all the chips off the ground. And so as you look at that, Mural, pick out the very orange and very yellow pieces. Those were the sun in, in Mary's mural. Un
4: très joli detail caché euh, ici à Disneyland Paris. Euh, Toumour-Roland, Disneyland, avait de très beaux euh, murs by par Mary Blair, qui ont malheureusement euh, disparu. Certains sont quand même conservés derrière les façades, mais euh, d'autres portions ont été détruites. Mais euh, certaines pièces ont été récupérées, des petits morceaux and is what they decorate the terrace of Bella Notte. So when you look at all these mosaics that you have all around you, it comes from Tomorrowland.
0: The other one is mine. In Disneyland, we had an exit, sorti sign, that was crooked or off centered because there was a beam. So instead of being directly over the door, as you leave the... Fan- oh, what is it, Village House restaurant? Uh, yeah,
4: it's uh, Chez de la Marionette.
0: Okay. Uh, As you leave the restaurant, whatever it is, (laughs) you know, there's a a sortie sign and it is perfect in in Paris. It's in the center. In Disneyland, it's over to the side. So I had them do a figure of the cat pulling the sign in the right direction so that the cat and the sign balance. So when we went into the restaurant here and it was perfect, I said, well, what are we going to do? So we have a little figure of the cat leaning on it, going, got it right this time. <laughs>
4: Donc là c'est une anecdote qui euh, se retrouve au chalet de la marionnette. Pendant la construction du nouveau Fantasyland à Disneyland en Californie, il y avait le restaurant euh, Villachos qui a été qui a été qui a été construit. Et au moment la, au niveau de la sortie, euh, les conduits électriques ont été mal placés, ascentrés. Donc ce qui fait que le panneau de sortie n'est pas au milieu du mur. Donc pour compenser ça, ils ont décidé de dessiner et peindre un Figaro qui tire une corde pour donner l'impression qu'on est en train d'essayer de mettre le panneau au milieu. Euh, mais ici, à Disneyland Paris, le... tout a été bien placé dès le début. Donc le panneau sorti est vraiment au milieu. Et euh, pour faire un petit hommage à cette, à cette histoire, ils ont décidé de mettre un Figaro qui fait un hockey juste à côté. Donc à la prochaine fois, au chalet de la marionnette, regardez la sortie.
3: Next question. Hi, Tani. Uh, this question from Brian
5: Lason. If you had the possibility to expand your land, which
0: land would you be and why?
5: If you had the possibility to expand your land, which land would you be and why?
0: Discovery land. Okay. Uh, When you leave today, if you look over here in this area, you'll see two circles uh, on the wall. Those used to be, they were actually installed, tubes that took you to Space Mountain. And all the attractions in Discoveryland were gonna go into Space Mountain. And it was a vast covered land in there with the Nautilus below and the Space Mountain ride above and tubes that took you off to each of the attractions. And unfortunately, yeah, You can it actually there see that right yeah. there. There's the tunnels. I can't, I'm not tall. them. <laughs> They're like glass tunnels right there. They are connected. And, and that was how you were going to get to all of the attractions. But we weren't able to do that. We couldn't afford it. <laughs> so I would love to come back now and spend some more effort and, and really complete this land. That would be great. Ça serait bien sûr Discoveryland. Quand vous sortez
5: aujourd'hui euh, des Videopolis, regardez sur la façade, vous verrez deux grands cercles. Euh, c'était euh, censé être des conduits à l'origine qui devaient relier euh, avec Space Mountain, l'attraction. En fait, à travers ces conduits, les visiteurs auraient pu se déplacer dans toutes les attractions de Discoveryland. C'était vraiment bon pour donner cette impression d'un lieu couvert. Malheureusement, à l'époque, on n'a pas eu la possibilité euh, et les finances pour réaliser euh, cet effet. Donc, si euh, c'était à refaire, bah, Tony aimerait bien agrandir ce land put in place this idea of
4: Tony, how are you? This question is about one of my favorite attractions from Joris Royer. For 20 years, we've tried so hard to unveil the mysteries of Phantom Manor. And the whole fan base is torn between two possible explanations. It might be a third. First of all, Henry Ravenswood would be the Phantom, or the second option could be that the Phantom is a result of the curse surrounding Big Thunder Mountain.
0: Any clues?
4: That's not your question. His <laughs> shirt sure does look like. <laughs> controversy, controversy. a <laughs> question for uh, the Phantom Manor, which, depuis 20 ans, uh, se fait poser des questions à de nombreux fans. There are two possibilities, apparently. So Mr. Henry Ravenswood and the Phantom, or his spirit and the Phantom, or the second euh, possibility, the Phantom is the result of a malediction that would be planned on uh, Thundermesa uh, sur, uh, and, above all, the Big Thunder Mountain
0: You know, I'm going to be hung on this one. <laughs> we'll tag team this so you don't have to go too far. Uh, there's probably 400 stories on this. Il y a probablement 400 histoires autour de I'm going to give you mine, okay? So this is an official. It's mine. C'est pas officiel, c'est sa version. I love Charles Dickens's story, Great Expectations. Okay, you know the story. Livre de
4: Charles Dickens. Je me rappelle plus. Traduction du titre. Great Expectations.
0: Mrs Havisham. Who knows Mrs Havisham? She is a bride who uh, was jilted early in life, and she stayed in her mansion and grew older and older and older. And the rats came in, and spider webs, and everything. Uh, and that was the basis that I saw in it. But I wasn't the only voice in this. Non déjà, il y avait cette image
4: de la fiancée qui était. Euh, enfermé dans cette, dans cette maison euh, qui commençait à devenir vieille avec euh, les, euh, les toiles d'araignées, euh, les euh, rats et tout ça qui, euh, qui euh,
0: So we see the young beautiful daughter preparing for her marriage at the start. She's in the hall and all the guests are arriving.
4: Donc on retrouve euh, la jeune fiancée euh, qui se prépare, qui est bah, c'est prête à accueillir tout le monde à
0: l'entrée. She's very wealthy. This is her father's home. He made his money from the gold rush and the mines of Big Thunder. Alors Son père a fait fortune euh,
4: dans, en exploitant euh, la mine euh, de Big Thunder. Donc, euh,
0: maison euh, très cossue. And now she's waiting for her phantom bride, euh, her room, room. Okay. Elle a donc son fiancé. Could be a bride too, you know. <laughs> We've got to be equal here. <laughs> uh, she waits and waits and waits and gets older and older and older in the process.
4: Donc elle attend son fiancé qui ne vient pas et mais elle continue d'attendre et d'attendre et d'attendre et devient plus vieille.
0: When he finally comes at the end, it's too late, and the only place that the celebration can be is
4: down under.
0: So he invites us to descend down underneath the ground into the spirit world.
4: Alors il nous à le dans le monde des
0: where all the residents of, you know, Thunder Mesa have come to celebrate this long long overdue marriage.
4: Tous les habitants de Meza sont venus pour célébrer ce mariage tant
0: attendu. And of course, she waves goodbye throwing us the bouquet in the end there as we go by the mirrors. In the end. Et juste avant de nous quitter, elle
4: jette son bouquet. Donc quand elle pointe la sortie et qu'elle est plus très euh...
0: and That's my version. <laughs> but, you know. Et sa
4: version. jolie cette version
0: storytelling is you write the stories if we script the whole thing and give you a book report of a movie that we've done it's not as exciting as you going home and telling your family and friends about what you saw and the di- different things that happened and it makes it very exciting to go on the attractions again if it's the same old thing and scene 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 it's just like a movie that's not any fun that's why 20 years after they're still wondering
4: Donc c'est ça aussi, c'est à vous de vous faire votre propre idée, votre propre histoire, de cette attraction. C'est comme quand on a ton film, on en a tous sa propre interprétation. et justement si tout était devant nous dès le début, peut-être qu'on aurait moins envie d'y retourner et d'y retourner
0: et d'y retourner.. We created a look that looks on it, on it, because of the multiple languages here. So it's really important to make it speak visually.
4: Et aussi, on a beaucoup euh, utilisé euh, le visuel pour communiquer avec les différents visiteurs de Disneyland Paris, puisque on est au milieu de l'Europe et euh, tout le monde ne parle pas la même langue, mais au moins comprend visuellement ce que signifient les choses. Donc c'est pour ça qu'une maison hantée doit déjà euh, montrer ce est dès l'extérieur
0: the great actor Vincent Price by the way, here comes trivia Vincent Price supplied the scream at the end of the elevator fall he also did the complete narration but we were warned against using it because they felt it was too American even though it was in French but I think hearing an American accent would have actually been good and if you guys yell enough maybe we could bring that back it was the last
4: Et justement aussi pour ceux qui ignore peut-être Vincent price l'acteur a enregistré tout le speed de l'attraction non seulement pas simplement le rire comme on peut l'entendre différents moments et cette version existe aussi en français donc un jour
0: peut-être the music was re-orchestrated by a young man who has gone on to great friend, fame and fortune by the name of John Debney, who now is doing major motion pictures, but we got him when he was just a kid, and it was a beautiful score.
4: And it's John Debney who euh, has, quand même a very grande carrière now in the world of cinema, who has been occupied euh, of the arrangement of Phantom Manor, who has done a very, very très, très travail sur on uh, this attraction, and who has une a very carrière with Thank you. Tony. Good Thank to you, Tony. Thank you. To me. That's, cool. oh, okay. That's all the questions you have.
5: Du théâtre sur la gauche, donc pour le rencontrer sur place. Mais pour l'heure, on va accueillir sur scène nos ambassadeurs Disney et les accueillir bien fort.
4: A special video to show you all of the cast members around the world gathered to wish you a happy birthday and wish Disneyland Paris a happy, happy birthday.
5: Tous les cast members de, du monde entier souhaitent un bon anniversaire à Disneyland Paris. On va se réunir sur cette surprise, une vidéo spéciale réalisée pour notre e anniversaire.
1: Hello. Is this the red telephone box in Epcot? This is the
2: red telephone box
1: in Epcot. Wow. Well, oh this gosh, awesome. This is the Disney Brit podcast and we're based in the UK and we ring the red telephone box to say hello to people and you picked up the phone. So hello. Hello. This probably sounds really strange, I'm sure. Um are, are you on spring break?
2: I am on spring break. I'm
1: sorry. I, I didn't ask what's your name. Michael Michael, you sound, you sound worried Michael, it's fine, don't worry And I heard someone in the background <laughs> saying, this sounds awesome Who was that in the background? Your name? Uh, I'm, I'm Adam Adam? Yeah Okay, nice to meet you, Adam. Who's, who's that in the background who was shouting, this sounds awesome?
2: That's my
1: sister Your sister, so you're there as a family?
2: Not as a
1: family, this is, uh, spring break crew So, oh, spring break crew, right, okay So, um, uh, who are you there with? Sorry, what? Who are you there with? I
2: missed that last part.
1: So, you're with your sister. And friends from school. And she, oh, okay, some friends from school. Cool. So, you're all at college?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, and and are Epcot, obviously, today. It's, I, I take it it's really busy in Epcot today. Hello. Adam. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Goodbye. Are you still there? Okay, well, anyway, it looks like you guys have gone... Uh, So thank you uh, and goodbye. that is the end of the show thank you once again for joining us oh look at you two just (laughs) shouting out you're not supposed to you're not supposed to say anything yet we want to thank our sponsors uh, touringplans.com do head over there there's touringplans.com you can go and have a look at their touring plans their lines app and also the crowd calendar genuinely is an absolutely fantastic resource if you get the chance if you do not spend another $12 this year Get over there and spend it on touringplans.com because that stuff is well What's worth stuff? getting hold of. Do
3: you know it's even cool just to sit here and load it up and just see how long the wait
1: is just yeah. to be nosy? So you can just to be nosy. Um, <laughs>
2: thanks. Fun, the wait should also have eight hours added on because you're going to have to get
1: the airport.
2: <laughs> I mean, that'd be even better if they could figure out and go GPS goes, are you in the UK? Therefore, Therefore the
1: wait is 12
2: hours and 50 minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Jez. Absolute pleasure. And thanks, Craig.
2: People nice <laughs> welcome.
1: You're Make welcome. sure you email us your questions, your comments, and your suggestions to podcast at DisneyBrick.com. You can also ring our voicemail number, which is 40 And there's also a free way you can leave us a wonderful voicemail if you go over to disneybritcom and on the right hand side there is a little tab that says send your feedback and you can leave as a little voice message on there with the feedback of uh, the website or about the show or anything like that and if you leave one we can then put that in the show as well so do go over to DisneyBrit.com and leave your feedback on the website and we'll play those as well as long as they're clean and that obviously reminds you to check out DisneyBrit.com for your latest news and Rumours as well as our Facebook page, a bit fan page. You can find up myself, Juz, Kez, and Craig, because he's back again. And also Mouse no, he's Mag- not Well, he's briefly just for this episode. <laughs> you
2: Mouse- might as well find <laughs> up Craig because he's probably the UK Final nation biggest poster at the moment. Yeah,
1: he is. He, he hoards them, he's our Final mule. Um, you can still download Mouse Mag latest edition episode issue six, sorry, is out and available to download, and you can get it through the MagCloud iPad app. Two, check out our YouTube channel. There'll be some more videos going up there uh, over the coming months as I make my trip out to Disneyland Paris to try out all the twentieth anniversary stuff.
2: You've not been also, invited,
1: with you. Yes, you can come no. if you want to. Uh, you can also check out our sister podcast, Iron Orlando. We've also got a Bush Garden Show, a Universal Show. We've got you name it. We've got a show for it, except for Legoland, Land, no, we because we're still building that brick by brick. And <clears throat> you can <laughs> And you can also check out our radio station, Orlando Sky Radio. I have it on quite often in my house because I just quite enjoy listening to some of the old music and then those little bits of. Um, orlando based adverts that are really cool although it is strange hearing about milking a cow in the middle of one advert and if you're going to listen to it listen to it nine o'clock sunday Might as well nine o'clock sunday because you'll hear I always the always soul show as well and friday and friday as well uh well that's it that leaves me with nothing else to say other than the next show will be on wednesday the 9th of may and it's going to be our very special mouse Meets live show so until then there's nothing to say other than we'll see you <laughs>